This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Uh, This is also a very important week in our church because we are launching our fall session of life groups. Life groups are, are groups of people of 8 to 16 or so people who get together once a week, and we have one agenda, and that is that we would draw closer to Christ and that we would grow as followers of Christ, the spiritual development aspect of life. And and it is a powerful, powerful thing in our church. Our church is organized around that. We have three life, life group sessions or sort of like trimesters that take place every year. And this week, we are going to be meeting in our new life groups. So, um, I want to say some things this morning to help us get ready for that. But, but I want to say to those of you who are brand new to our church or who haven't signed up for a life group yet, you know, if you come and this is your first week here and you go, well, yeah, I want to, I want to learn. I want to grow. Well, hey, sign up for a life group. I'll show you how to do that in a little bit. Uh, for those of you who are brand new and you go, I'm not ready to just sort of jump in the deep end. I want you to listen with different ears this morning because I'm going to be talking to the people who are signing up for life groups, but I want you to listen with ears that are saying, wow, these are the reasons why I would want to be part of a life group because I want to show you how life works. I want to show you how God wired you up and how you can actually take the life that you now have and raise it to a whole new level, something that you will enjoy, become passionate about, and you will absolutely It'll just become a core issue in your life. And so we're, we're talking about life groups. The title of the, of the teaching is, is Show Up. And it's part of our friending series of learning how to build solid relationships in our world. Let's take a look at the Bible verse that the whole series is based on. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20 says this, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and you're going to get in trouble. We have said on multiple occasions that basically the bottom line of this is show me your friends and I will show you your future. If you select good friends, you walk with the wise, wow, you're going to end up make, making really good decisions in life. If, if, you, if you sign up with bad friends, you're going to make really bad decisions in life. You know, the first time I realized this, I was in the third grade. I was eight years of age. And you know when you're in the third grade and you're eight years of age and and you think you know pretty much everything there is to know in this world. And I had fallen in with a group of guys who thought it was good to, to, to tell dirty jokes and make vulgar gestures. And even though my father was a pastor, behind his back, I was doing it with the best of them. And one day at church, I realized, oh my goodness, I'm going the wrong way in life. You know, even an eight-year-old can figure that out. And I realized if I was going to go a different direction in life, I was going to have to choose different friends. Now, I wasn't really skilled at that. So I went to school on Monday, and I said to each of my friends, I can't be your friend anymore. I'm pretty sure that's not how Jesus would have done that. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was, however, effective. And you know something? I start a whole brand new way of living. And I've never been sorry that I made that decision as an eight-year-old. Because I was learning, you show me your friends, 
and I'll show you your future. And really today, what we're, what we're going to do is we're going to take that particular principle and we're going to say, how can we leverage that power? How can we leverage the power of friendship and community and actually put it to work for good in our lives? And in order to do that, we sort of have to know how life was arranged to work in. So I'm going to do a little review. If you were here a few weeks ago and I broke out this chart, you will recognize it. If you weren't here, stand by to learn something new. The experts tell us that there are three basic components that are the major factors that determine what we do in our lives. They determine our behavior and they determine the eventual outcome of our life. And if we want to actually change in this life, we have to in some way change one or all of these three factors. And the first factor is whatever we believe to be true. And I can tell you that oftentimes what you believe to be true goes on as much in your subconscious as it does in your conscious mind. And some of you have spent thousands of dollars going to counseling to figure out why you're sort of messed up and you're figuring out that you have this narrative that's going on in your subconscious mind that tells you that you're no good or you'll never measure up or you're not good enough <clears throat> or, or some other false narrative. And even though you would tell me you don't believe that to be true, you actually do. And you're learning to live above and beyond that. But what you believe to be true is a major factor in determining what you do with your life. The second thing is your community, the group of people that you choose to surround yourself with. This is the part we're talking about. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and you'll get yourself in trouble. This is super, super powerful. And the third major factor is what we call practice. And these are the habits that you develop in your life. And the experts tell us, by the way, that as you develop a habit in your life, it actually forms a groove in your brain. And the longer you practice that habit, the deeper the actual physical groove in your brain gets. And if you're going to change what you do with your life, especially in this area, you have to be able to create different habits and that groove will fill in and a different groove forms in your brain. And that's why when someone tells you, I'm in a rut, they didn't know what they actually are right? They're in the wrong groove in their brain. So this is how God made you to work. When God created you, he knew all three of those things about you. And God said, I'm going to give you this wonderful gift called the church. And the church is going to take all three of these factors and do something with them that no human being could do. And God says, I'm going to take them all the, to the divine level. So he said, let's start with truth. And I'm going to give you ultimate and eternal truth. I'm going to write it down in a book. It's called the Bible. And it's going to be 100% true. And then I am going to encourage my followers to read, study, and to get to know it. Because I want my people to be guided by ultimate divine truth. And that's why every Sunday, and in every life group, every time we teach, we're going to teach out of some aspect or concept that's taught in Scripture. Because we want your faith to rest on what God said is 100% true. Secondly, God said, we're going to take this community, this group of people, 
and we are going to raise it to a level. We're going to build it around love and not just any love. We're going to build it around love to the dimension of Christ's love. And so Jesus said to the people as he taught them, listen, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Now, there are many places where you can go and you can join a group, a a community, uh, and you can change some aspect of your life. If you go to AA, you have joined a community that will change how you view alcohol. If you go to SA, it will change how you view sexual addiction. If you go to Weight Watchers, it will change how you look at food. There's all sorts of groups that you can go to, but I can assure you that none of those groups is organized around the concept of the love of Christ. If you go to Weight Watchers, they will not love you. They will applaud you if you eat the appropriate number of points, but they will not love you. They're not going to say to you, how are you doing this week? How is your wife? How are their kids? Oh my goodness, you have a child in the hospital. Can I come and go visit your child in the hospital? Can I pray with you? There's no group in the world that does that other than the church because it's arranged around the love of Christ, which, by the way, will explain to you why there's no organization in the world that changes people's lives like the church. Nothing compares to it because it's a community based upon the love of Christ. And then God says, I'm going to do this in this area. I'm going to give you some wonderful practices to put in your life that at this church we call soul training exercises. That's what STE stands for, and you can write that in your margins if you want to. Soul training exercises are practices you can build in your life that absolutely will shape and mold your soul or your spirit the person way down inside you that will mold that person into a healthy and vibrant person. And I can tell you that when you are healthy and vibrant in your soul and your spirit, your actions and your attitudes will take care of themselves. They just will be. And that's why the church is such a powerful thing. And then, of course, God said we're going to have all this take place under the direction of the Holy Spirit. And I thought it was just so powerful what Dan George said. I can't tell you for sure how it happened, but I can tell you I felt the Holy Spirit pick me up and say, hey, I got it from here. We can finish strong. He was feeling this whole thing at work in his life. So, having said all of that, I want to talk about this. Because in your notes, you will see that I I called this the spiritual growth machine. And for those of you who are mechanically oriented, I want you to think of this whole thing as a machine. And, and, and if you crank it up and you get it running and you get it running smoothly, it produces amazing results in your life. And for the next 15 minutes or so, I'm going to break out five things that we can do that will crank up this machine so that it can operate at peak efficiency. And so here you go. Number one, I call them five life group action steps. And the first one is this. You have to actually expect God to do something here. I hope that when you came to church this morning, you expected to meet God here. I know I did. 
This is not just a, a, a group of people meeting together. When, when we meet as a church, God shows up and God's going to do some work. And the Bible sort of lays out how this works. In 1 John chapter 4, the Bible says, if we don't love people we can see, well, how can we love God whom we can't see? I'm always reminded when I read that verse of an old poem I heard years ago when I was a little kid. I heard it from a pastor and he said this, you know, a lot of people say, well, to dwell above with those we love, now that will be glory. But to dwell below with those we know, that's a different story. And that is the challenge. I sat with a pastor a week and a half ago, and I said to him, hey, what is it? What are the things that you really love about being a pastor? He says, I love getting into the office. I love breaking out the Bible. I love studying. I love preparing to teach. I love to stand up and teach. I just love that whole aspect of being a pastor. And I said, what do you find your biggest challenge? And he goes, people. I would not want to be in his church. I love that guy, but I would not want to be in his church. Because you know, the church is the people. We are the church. Yeah. Here's two ways to say what God says in that verse. We cannot be connected to God in love unless we are actually connected to our neighbor in love. The Bible clearly says that we were created in God's image. And God goes, I have a problem believing when you look at the people who were created in my image and you say, God, I really struggle with them. I don't really like them all that much. But trust me, God, I love you. And God's going, I, I, you know, I just don't buy that. Because I have a feeling that if you didn't love them, if you actually got to be with me, you wouldn't love me either. There's a positive way to say that. And this is what I want us to see. And here it is. Connecting with our neighbors in love opens the door for us to connect with God in love. And as your pastor and as your friend, there's nothing I would want more for you than that you could fully connect with God in love. And I want you to understand that step number one in fully connecting with God in love is that you would learn how to connect with your neighbor in love. And can I tell you, right here in your life group is where you regularly and consistently can connect with your neighbors in love. Because it's at this place that your neighbors will tell you what's going on in their life. It's at that place that you will learn how to pray for each other. It's at that place that you will learn how to encourage each other and stand together And when one is struggling to lift that person up and when one of those people is in the hospital. Those are the people who go to the hospital and hang out with that person and encourage them. And, and it's just great. I have a group of guys I meet with every week and I had surgery on Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning, I woke up and, and um, wouldn't you know it, guess who came to my room? But all the guys that I usually meet with on Wednesday morning, and they said, well, you couldn't come to group, so we brought the group to you. That was awesome. I loved it. It's, it's how we regularly communicate love to each other. Jesus had this in mind when he said in Matthew chapter 18, he said, where two or three gather together as my followers, 
I am there among them. You know, I wrote in my notes, small groups are God's idea. You know, when Jesus said two or three, would you consider that a small group? It's hard to get a smaller group than two. Okay? Two or three, small groups. God realized that there was a dynamic that takes place when we meet together in small groups. And Jesus said, I want you to know I will be there. So step number one is when you meet in your small group, expect Christ to show up and expect God to do something in that group and in your life. Number two, process the weekly questions in advance. Now, some of you are going to get the questions in advance and some of you won't. Depends upon your life group leader whether they forward them on to you. The questions will be available uh, to all the life group leaders uh, by about 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. But here's the deal. Even if your life group leader doesn't forward the questions, you'll be processing at your life group to you. You're going to be processing what you learn here on Sunday morning in your life group. So get out your notes and reread through your notes. And this will give you a head start. And I want to tell you how important a head start is. Uh, I, I did a little research, and the fastest man in the world is a guy from Jamaica called Usain Bolt. And he holds the world record in the 100-meter dash. And he is considered the fastest man in the world. But did you know that with just a half a second head start, a talented high school sprinter could beat him? Just a half a second. Not a whole second, just a half a second. That's how powerful a head start is. If you will take the time on, on the day of your life group to read through what you're going to be processing and to get it in your heart and get it in your mind, when you come to life group, you will already be up to speed. And what takes place in that life group will be far more than if you came with a blank slate. And I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about how that works in a minute. But just start now and say, this life group session, I'm going to do it different than I have in the past. I'm going to actually take the stuff. I'm going to read through it. Even if I have only 5 to 15 minutes, I'm going to read through it. I'm going to pray through it. I'm going to process through it before I go to life group so that I can be fully on board and fully up to speed when life group begins. Here's a third thing that you can do that will definitely maximize your life group experience. Aim to arrive five minutes early. That would be the opposite of what most of you did this morning. I don't mean to put you down. Okay? And even the ones of you who got here five minutes early hung out in the lobby, and I know how that works. But here's what I want you to know. If you're a a drag racer, you already know this term. But God did not make the human spirit with the ability to power shift. And, and power shifting is simply transferring from one gear to another uh, with a special technique that makes it happen in a really big hurry. Your spirit can't do that. God didn't make you with the ability to just instantaneously go from one culture into another culture. Your spirit has to sort of ease into that new culture. And when you come to life group and, 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 you, and you have all these other things that are going on in your mind and you're coming straight from work or you're coming from feeding the kids or you're coming from doing whatever you're doing, you can't just flop into life group and all of a sudden, bang, now you're in the life group culture and you're fully in tune with what's happening. You can't do that. 
So the only way to get the most out of it is get there five minutes early and give your spirit the opportunity to adjust and fit into the flow of what God is about ready to do in that group. It's the other side of getting a head start. Process the material ahead of time, get there five minutes early, and allow the stuff from work to sort of sift and go to the background, and whatever challenges you have with the kids, to go to the background, and whatever challenges you have in your marriage, to go in the background, because now you've given your spirit and and your heart an opportunity to get up to speed with what God's about to do. Number four, personally invest. If you work in the information world, there's a, there's a little phrase called G-I-G-O. What does that stand for? Garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. That, is, that particular principle is replicated lots of different, in lots of different walks of life. But, but I sort of want to pick up on that and change it a little bit. Uh, write this in your margin, N-I-N-O. Nothing in means nothing out. One of the ways that God works in this setting is sometimes God speaks His truth through us, to us in His Word. But sometimes God speaks His truth to us through other people. And when you're sitting in your life group and someone begins to share a story of some challenge that they're going through, and right away in your mind, you go back to a a circumstance you had in your life that was very similar to that. And right away, God brings to your mind one or two things that, that, that actually brought you through that time in your life. I want to challenge you, make a personal investment in that person. God wants you to. You're not there just to be a spectator. You're there to be a participant and say to them, hey, I know what that feels like. Here's what took place in my life and here are the things that got me through that time. Because you know something? That might be exactly what that person needs to hear. And you might be the difference between that person making it in this life or just continuing to struggle. Personally invest. Let me tell you what happens in your life. When you personally invest in another person's life at a moment like that, something not only happens in them, something happens in you. It's why and how we grow best when we grow together. Together, we go further in this life. Together, we thrive. Principle number five. Be consistent. I know that there are people who come to church only when it's either convenient or they are really struggling. And they say to themselves, i got to drag my sorry self to church because I need a pick-me-up. And I don't want to put anybody down who's here this morning because you came and you were at rock bottom. 
God hears you. He is the God who answers and hears the prayer of every broken heart. We just sang about that. But can I tell you, if you want to thrive in this life, you cannot just come to church whenever you can drag your sorry self here. It's when you come week after week after week that you begin to build momentum. And the same thing is true in your life group. When you go to life group and you go there week after week after week, you begin to, to, you begin to build momentum, spiritual momentum. And, and uh, momentum is a fascinating study. It's actually a science. But I'm, I'm going to give you only two principles from the science of momentum and show you how they work in the Christian life. And the first principle is this. Momentum is built through consistent investment of small portions. When you ride a bike, you don't go from zero to 15 miles an hour in one push of the pedals. But it's relatively easy to get to 15 miles per hour if you will push consistently. But if you only push when you feel like you're stopping, it's pretty tough. Because every time you push, you're starting over again. Whereas if you push consistently, you're investing small, small portions and it begins to create momentum. The second principle of momentum is this, and that is the longer consistent investment is made, the more powerful the momentum. I want you to see that the one word both of those principles have in common, well, there are a number, but the one I want you to notice is they both have the word consistent in them. Because the primary factor in building momentum is consistency. And as your pastor, as your friend, I want you to be able to develop a spiritual momentum in your life that has a wonderful consistency because then you will thrive. Then you will grow and then you will feel like, man, I am getting somewhere in life because you are walking with the wise you are actually becoming wise. There are three ways to apply uh, this teaching this morning. And the first is this, enroll in a life group. So in front of you, somewhere near you, you should find a life group catalog. Many of you, probably almost all of you, have signed up for a life group. But if you haven't signed up for a life group, here's the way that you do it. You find a group that's at a convenient time for you. All the groups study the same material so you don't have to go through and figure out what kind of material you want. Just find a group that works at a time for you and it has a code underneath the title of the group. Okay, And, and the code says something like Wednesday 01 or something like that. I want to draw your attention to one group it's the one on Thursday, Thursday 03. I am so sorry, even though it's not marked full, it actually is. So don't put that one down. But you find the group that you want to be a part of on, the, on this card that we had you sign up for baptism on. In the middle of the side, it's on this side, in red, it says, this is the life group I want to sign up for. You write the code in there and that's all you need to do. The life group leader will get a hold of you this week, will contact you with the information you need. You will be signed up and ready to go. The second way you can apply this is to commit to the five life group action steps. Say, this life group session, I'm going to really focus 
on these five things, believing that God will crank up this, this machine in my life and it will make a huge difference. So commit to those five, save them, because I'll guarantee you will forget them halfway through. Save them so you can do sort of a spiritual tune-up halfway through. And then number three, this wonderful connection with God doesn't actually begin in a life group. The wonderful connection with God begins by you deciding to become a follower of Christ. You can learn from a life group, but salvation and this wonderful connection with God actually begins by you making that decision. I'm going to give you the opportunity to make that decision. I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and I'll give you an opportunity to say a prayer within that prayer if you're ready to become a follower of Christ today. And I would encourage you to. It's not difficult to do or understand. The basic teaching of Scripture is this. Because Jesus died on a cross and gave his life for you, you have the opportunity to enter into a personal connection with God and have your sins forgiven. That is the core message in all of Scripture. But you don't get there uh, accidentally. No one can get there for you. No one can make that decision for you. You alone can make that decision for yourself. And if you haven't officially made that decision, then I want to encourage you to make it as we pray. Father, Thank you for my friends who are here right now processing how you want to be at work in their lives. And for those who are signing up for life groups and and getting ready for a whole season of life groups, God, I just know you're going to meet them in powerful ways. And would you give them grace to step into those commitments? And and I just know that you're going to honor those commitments. And it's going to be a wonderful season of spiritual growth and development in just person after person after person. And God, we're excited about that. We anticipate that. And we expect you to do that because of your goodness and love. And right now, God, we pray for every person in our room who hasn't yet made that decision to say, hey, today I step over the line and I officially become a follower of Christ. Would you move in their hearts right now to pray this prayer? And friend, if you're ready to make that decision, here's the prayer that you pray. Say it in your heart right where you are. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I trust that you will forgive my sins as you promise. And today, I choose to become your follower for the rest of my life. I pray it in your name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.